Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Welcome to our 21st show. 21 is a big number in many ways. It's three times seven, uh, like a mystical formula. It's the age that we become of age, technically. Now, we've talked about brain science and brain maturity, but... At 21, most people can gamble, they can drink, and they can vote. It's also blackjack and cards, and it recognizes, it epitomizes, it symbolizes the highest hand, the winning hand. And that's kind of what today's is in the news, or at least on this podcast, because if you'll remember... This is about my contribution, doing my part to help our democracy. And I'm reluctant to say help save it, but wow, it's just gotten crazy. So the week ended with tributes to John McCain and the speeches from two former presidents. And it was moving. It was uh, very moving. And... He deserved that high honor. I I loved how he went out. He went out the way he decided he would do it. So with three former presidents at his memorial service, the current president wasn't there because he wasn't invited. So he did something else. I'm not exactly sure, and they don't care as long as he's, well... Think of the wasteful spending, flying around, doing all these rallies to pump up his ego. It costs a lot of money. But it's it's, uh, much cheaper than... Well, let's get into some of the spooky stuff that, that would make that much cheaper. So, in the beginning of the week, Bob Woodward's book, Fear was starting to be talked about. It's coming out on September 11th, officially, but a lot of people have advanced copies and advanced reads. And it was a startling book in that Bob Woodward is not Amorosa. He's, I wrote a letter to the editor, you know, hopefully getting the quote in the paper. I I like competing and getting the quote. You know, if you have something good to say, at least you should, you should get it. So I said, Lincoln saved the union. Bob Woodward has now done it twice. And of course we remember he helped bring down Richard Nixon. And as time goes on, we learn things. The corruption there was not fitting of a president and the right thing happened. I was a young man during those years, and I don't know if I 
paid such close attention as I do now. I pay really good attention now. So there must have been strong feelings back then about what was thought was true, what was being whispered about, you know, um, that I'm not a crook. You have to know your president's not a crook. I remember that. That reminds me of the girl that ran for Senate from somewhere who started out her ad with, I'm not a witch. That was pretty funny. But by the time you have to tell people that you're not a witch or you're not a crook, something else is going on. But it seems, according to Bob Woodward's book, that Trump doesn't even rely on telling people that he's not crazy after he just did some, and you know, there's some things there, uh, ripping the drawers uh, the off his armoire and stuff like that in a violent rage. I mean, you know, you might see that once, but for a guy to display that all the time and be the president of the United States, that's... That's that crazy train. So see, even though I pay careful attention to this story uh, because it interests me and I want to make a good podcast and a host of other reasons, I just can never believe that it's as bad as it is. I always like to think, hey, you're making too much of this and it can't be that bad this week. We learned it really is, and worse than many, many, including myself, thought. So part of the revelations in the book are that even as far back as last year, the cabinet and people, because of his erratic behavior, were looking into how to exercise the 25th Amendment, which, if you don't know, is to remove a disabled or incapacitated president and keep the chain of command smooth. And they had to put that in in 1967 after the Kennedy assassination. And with all our experience with other presidents dying in office and other presidents nearly dying in office, it's good that they work this up. But it's a very high road to... Oh, it's it's a difficult thing to do because you need the vice president and the majority of the cabinet to set it in motion. And that's a lot less likely than the Democrats taking back the House and starting some sort of investigation and impeachment. But it's really off the rails. It's the behavior. And... If you look at just that day, just the book, Fear, Bob Woodward, it was crazy. And then right in the middle of the day, the next day, when everybody's talking about it, they broke in with an anonymous op-ed in the New York Times that had just been released that appeared to be from a top administration official And we're going to talk about some of the things in this and in the book. And it's, it's, it's scary, but just let's see what we can do with it. 
So let's talk about it. This 9-6-18 New York Times op-ed that was submitted anonymously is, is startling. And I want to read just a few lines from it, giving full credit to the Times. And even though their reporters in the news division are trying to find out who is anonymous as the editorial board or maybe even just one person keeps the identity of the person who wrote this letter that they obviously have verified at the highest level and that Donald Trump is now calling for his Justice Department and the FBI to investigate to get the name of the leaker. And I raised the Watergate reference earlier, and one of the uh, funny parts that came out tonight in the news was that the guy, Mark Felt, Felt, he was an FBI agent, and he was the source. He was deep throat for Woodward and Bernstein back in the Watergate era. So... That secret was kept for over 40 years, I believe. And um, then his identity uh, came out. So we'll see who this leaker is. But it could be someone very important, uh, Dan Coates or uh, John Kelly. And these are serious men that I have always wondered, how do they stand there? And put up with it, and I can only infer and glean what it must be like, you know, cobbling together stories and just my own personal observations about how crazy this guy must be. But again, it turns out he's a whole lot more crazy than I thought. So this high-ranking official ends this letter by saying this isn't the work of the so-called deep state it's the work of the steady state given the instability many witnessed there were early whispers within the cabinet of invoking the 25th amendment so that corroborates Woodward's account and then it goes on which would start a cabinet of invoking the 25th Amendment, which would start a complex process for removing the president. But no one wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis. So we will do whatever we can to steer the administration in the right direction until, one way or another, it's over. And it closes like this. The bigger concern is not what Mr. Trump has done to the presidency, but rather what we as a nation have allowed him to do to us. We have sunk low with him and allowed our discourse to be stripped of civility. John McCain put it best in his farewell letter. All Americans should heed his words and break free from the tribalism trap with the high aim of uniting through our shared values and love 
of this great nation? It says, we may no longer have Senator McCain, but we will always have his example, a lodestar of restoring honor to public life and our national dialogue. Mr. Trump may fear such honorable men, but we should revere them. There is a quiet resistance within the administration of people choosing to put country first, but the real difference will be made by everyday citizens rising above politics, reaching across the aisle and resolving to shed the labels in favor of a single one, Americans. So, do you see how this has taken a turn that is so bizarre? Basically, you know, not the deep state, but the steady state. And, in essence, someone over, some group or whatever, has taken over parts of the presidency. It's like a half a coup or a mini coup or something like that. You know, the guy elected isn't really running the show, and these other people are protecting all of us from him. What a nightmare. But, it, it you know, my own personal feelings, it, it seems a little funny to be rooting for the guys that have run a coup on the president. And I say run because most coups are just enacted and that's it. They're done. You know, it's a pretty quick process. You take over and now the new boss is in charge. But this, this is like a con. This is like a fooling the fool. Some of these things in the book, Woodward's book, Fear, and in this New York Times article are, well, you just, they're head scratchers. For instance, there was uh, one talk about uh, the Treasury Secretary pulling off of Trump's desk a uh, proclamation or whatever he does, sign, executive order, that would kill a trade deal with South Korea that was very important to both our economies and the world economy. And he just took it off his desk and hit it and Trump forgot and didn't really want to sign it. Well, thank goodness for that. So we were talking about Mark Felt and the irony that was brought out today. So it turns out that he was deep throat, gave the information to Woodward and Bernstein, 
and then laid low for 30 years. It came out in 2005 that he was their source. So the funny part is that this drove Nixon into a rage, and this a uh, investigative reporter discovered like 30 years after the Freedom of Information Act allowed them to get the papers. But it turns out that Nixon ordered an investigation to find out who this was. And the funny part is that the job went to Mark Felt, who in the FBI was the head guy who investigated these things. So today, if it's General Kelly or if he's in this group that's protecting us, he told Donald Trump that he would get right on investigating this. And that's kind of what they do with him, just shine him on a bit. So the anonymous op-ed talks about Russia and some successes that this group has had in steering our government in the right direction, not because of Trump, but in spite of him. And, you know, his reluctance to expel Putin's spies and have these meetings with no one around. We're not to the bottom of any of that. But, you know, the time really offended me. I've mentioned this when he had the Russian ambassador and uh, forget what the guy's title was, but, you know, two big guys from Russia into the Oval Office mocking James Comey and uh, just letting them see too much. I mean, I wouldn't let them in to even look around. And then they took pictures and we didn't have any. And we don't have transcripts of what was said. The best we can get is the readout that the Russians give. It, it, these are things that just have driven me crazy. Who in, you know, you will remember when he was on his way to Helsinki to meet Putin couple months ago and I was fanatic about him being allowed to be alone with Putin and scheme up all these other things it's it's like part of what's come out was hinted at or you know you surmise it by the fact that there's been no requests or appropriations for certain things uh, it takes money to stop things that are in motion so yeah, with this Kim Jong-un thing uh, we really never had any intention of stopping the war games that he negotiated without even discussing with anyone and my goodness can you imagine what the North Koreans think there are a few strategic thinkers, I'm sure, there, although they may be steeped too deep in the cult of Kim. Uh, the Kim family through the years has, has made it quite a uh, requirement that you adore them and worship them or, or you can die and be replaced. So... They think about us, 
get all these assurances from Donald Trump in a palsy meeting with another ruthless killer that he seems to enjoy hanging around with. And then when they don't pan out, when the stuff doesn't happen that he promises, they must think that what we now know, no one's letting them actually do anything. You know, over time, things come out and the truth is a little clearer. And I liked Ronald Reagan. I liked that he pumped up America and you felt proud and he's like an old granddad. There were some funny things that went on, but the saddest part was that at the end of his presidency, he was pretty deep into Alzheimer's and they had to take particular steps then to spare him the embarrassment and all, but to just kind of take over things. So it's not like someone else hasn't really secretly been in charge in a uh, presidential incapacity or whatever it would be. But this is a little bit different. I mean, even Reagan in the end had moments of lucidity. And I'm not sure what direction Trump is heading. But when they talk about the two-track presidency, there's got to be a third track because... Here we have a apparent manipulation. You know, I'm a Californian now for the last 20 years. And our state senator, or our uh, United States Senator, Camilla Harris, she was local and uh, now she's a U.S. Senator. And my God, did she dish it out today. It's just cold steel. You know, she was the Attorney General of California and just an up-and-coming climber, and I, you know, they, they say that these are stunts to enhance a presidential bid, kind of like Cory Booker today. That was, that was masterful. He, he told the guy, bring it, when they threatened to expel a United States senator from the Senate because he released papers that the Republicans rightfully should have released it's it's precious i had to tell you check that stuff out he just told him bring it bring it but camilla harris when she interviewed brett kavanaugh a couple times yesterday and even today she's trying to get him to answer a question have you ever met with someone from a law firm anybody and this law firm represents donald trump and a bunch of other people in that orbit and so if he is meeting with people, you know, see, here's the thing about Kavanaugh. You remember Trump in the beginning, he had this list of uh, people that were judges for the Supreme Court that would reverse Roe v. Wade. And uh, this was going to be it. And so now when he's in trouble with the special counsel, Brett Kavanaugh got added to that iron lock list of only these people and now he's up and all these papers that they're trying to get at and answers are to how he really feels about indicting a president holding the president responsible you know this is very complex so i don't mean to make light of it but basically it looks like the fix is in 
for him to get under the Supreme Court so that he can protect the president, just like all these Republican clowns have been doing for the last couple of years. And I apologize for the use of clowns, but what these Republicans are doing by shielding this crazy man so they can get Supreme Court picks and tax cuts, it's... I hope they, some point in their life, realize what a bad deal that was and how they betrayed America. So you got this rush to get Kavanaugh in the withholding of documents that would show that he does have these biases and preconceived notions about how he's going to do things. And um, that's why I was so glad to see Camilla Harris lay the stick to him. But this is a side note. It's kind of disturbing. You know, I have seen a lot of people with poise and character. And for some reason, this Brett Kavanaugh was nervously thumbing through. Uh, you get these copies of the Constitution when you go to places. Government people give them out. They're little pamphlets, little books. And he's fiddling with this Constitution uh, many times when I was watching him. And I'm wondering why... You have to do that. It's it's kind of sad unless you're just trying to be rude when people are talking to you and you're fumbling through this little book of pages all falling out. It's just, I don't know what the point of that was. It was sort of sad. So we shall see. It's, it's, it's a ride. And the last wild card is Robert Mueller. Just news before we close here. Rudy Giuliani said tonight that Trump is not going to sit for an interview or write anything down. Then he came out and reversed himself. That's kind of par for the course, but hold on to the hope of Robert Mueller. Hold on to the hope of the spirit of John McCain. And hold on to the hope of these new points of reference that will help people better understand what we're in and how we're going to get out. (music) 